Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, yeah. What's up, everyone? I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You're listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. And in this episode, my guest is Brad Gigliotti, founder of the 6x6 Goalie Academy out in Michigan. And he joins me this week to talk about his approach to coaching elite lacrosse goalies. And we get into everything, the technical, the physical, the mental, everything that goes into training a world-class lacrosse goalie. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brad Gigliotti. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to read a message from our sponsor, and that is my own online Lax Goalie Rat camp. Listen, do you feel lost when it comes to training your lacrosse goalie? I get it. I had to learn to play goalie from scratch, and it can seem overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. That's why I created the Lax Goalie Rat online camp. I'm going to demystify the position for you, teach you the fundamentals in an easy to understand manner and give you the drills and the practice plans that you can execute. Parents have emailed me and said they're getting tons of compliments for their work with the goalies and all they're doing is following this camp. So check it out at laxgoalierat.com goal. That's laxgoalierat.com goal. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast is Brad Gigliotti. He's the director and creator of the 6x6 Goalie Academy. Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, Brad, for the listeners out there who have never heard of you, could you um, give them an introduction? Sure, absolutely. So I, I kind of come from one of those worlds where, you know, I'm not a well-known name out there in the industry like some people are, like some professionals are. Uh, but one of my biggest niches that I, I was, uh, that I, I'm a teacher. Um, you know, I started in a small school um, I played, uh, I played my, my high school days at Brother Ice High School, which some, uh, some schools have gotten to become well aware of. Uh, it's become quite of a, uh, a known name here in Michigan for quite some time. Uh, the, it goes way, way back to the 80s, but uh, I, I went through and graduated in 96. And uh, interestingly enough, I was part of the, uh, I would like to say, the start of the so quote-unquote dynasty here in Michigan, where we, uh, we pretty much went on a, it's, we've only lost since 1996, I think the program has only lost three state titles since in that time frame from then until now. So, uh, so prominent high school out there. Uh, I got my start there. After there, I went on to uh, go play at a small division three school in New York at Alfred University. Uh, talk about a culture shock going from an all boys prep school to uh, upstate New York in a public, public school environment, which is something I was new to. But uh, it was a great ball for me. I um, had a great time up there. I was able to not only play lacrosse, enjoy the college experience, but uh, just kind of, you know, have fun at the same time. Oh, we able to the actual college experience. Because after all, you're there as a student athlete. So since, uh, and of course, since no one's really heard of the university, huge school, the conference we were in, we played schools like Ithaca College, Nazareth. And at that time, Nazareth was one of the top D3 programs in, in the country. Um, you know, just to name a few, we had Hartwick up there and Oneonta, Cortland, just to name a few of the programs that we played uh, year in, year out in our conference. 
Um, after I graduated from Alfred, I spent uh, a couple years working as a golf sales rep until I found my niche as a, as, uh, as a coach, where I started a small local high school called Troy High School um, for a couple years, moved around, and then finally got, my, uh, got my, my feet in the ground working at the University of Michigan for the MCLA Division I uh, club program at that time. Um, well, I will digress no longer club. They are a varsity program, but at that time, they were a virtual varsity program. So spent about eight seasons there with, uh, with U of M. Um, got a lot of notoriety at that point. Uh, and then from there on out, I decided to figure out that it's time to start a family, start a life, uh, moved on, and started going back and working with some, some local high schools. Uh, one to be my alma mater, which is Brother Rice. Spent uh, five seasons with them, and then finished up coaching at the Wald Lake Central uh, and at that point, uh, I decided to uh, make a break and continue to work on my, uh, my, my business at 6 by 6 Goalie Academy. So that's where I've kind of come from. I was never an All-American. I was an all, I was a first-team All-Midwest goalie in, uh, it, when I was at Brother Rice. Uh, but it just goes to show you that you don't necessarily have to be an All-American. You don't have to be an All-Stater. Uh, but if you know how to play the position or at least coach the position, you know, as, uh, as I like to – one of the things I learned through my years of – multiple jobs is that look you have I, I used the term when I was coached when I was actually working in the golf industry my golf pro actually told me this he says you have professional golfers and you have golf professionals the professional golfers or in this case professional goals are the ones who have an art for the who have an art for the game they know how to play the position very well they know how to play that position um, they may not be able to teach their position the way they play it to anybody else um, but they're very good at what they do, and they have a quite a bit, quite a few techniques and methods that they can um, that they can filter on down to, throughout the system and through younger goalies coming up in the world. Um, and then you have the, as, I, as they call it, the golf professionals or the goalie professionals. And those are the ones who may not have been the standout goalies who have been, you know, you know, well known across the country. But they're the ones who know how to teach the sport very well. They know how to teach the position from the ground up, and they know how to they know how to get into the kids. Um, heads and make it and be able to adjust their methods and their, and their methodologies and their philosophies um, in order to include all students of the game so that you know one student learns this particular way another student might learn it another way so being able to adjust and monitor it um, was that you have to be able to read your read your students, read your read your read your class, read your audience, and be able to adjust as you will. You know, if the kid's not picking up what you're talking, you might have to adjust the way you do things. Instead of talking, you might have to do more demonstrations. So those are just a few things that I picked up along my way. Um, because, like I said, I am not the professional goalie, but I am a golf. I am a goalie professional, so um, I know how to teach the teach the teach the sport very well and get through the kids' heads. I love it. It's the best intro ever right there, Brad. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about um, your, time, your time at Michigan. You're welcome. Your time at Michigan, because I, I played club ball in the MCLA at Cal. <laughs> and uh, we, went, we played Michigan. Yep. We, came out to, we came out to Michigan, must have been like 2001. So you might, you might have been there. And uh, we got smoked. It was just, yep, that was right before my ear. <laughs> nice. Uh, yep. But great points you bring up about uh, about being a teacher because you're right. You don't necessarily need to be a dominant lacrosse goalie to be a great teacher. And sure, there are crossovers. You know, people who do who do it really well, but can also teach it really well. Uh, but there's also you know a huge range of folks that 
can teach it really well, even though perhaps they didn't, you know, you and I, we didn't make it to the MLL, but you know, I, I would consider us great teachers. <laughs> and there's a lot of styles. There's a lot of different things to teach. And like you said, if you can reach those kids uh, in a certain way, like that's what makes you a great teacher. So I guess, you know, when yeah, someone absolutely. comes to the six by six goalie Academy, like what, what do you teach them? What's, what's your guy's philosophy? So our philosophy basically is to figure out what works best for them, figure out what we need to, you know, uh, what we need to fix um, and go from there. Basically, I always have the kids come out with, what's your goal? I mean, I have to start out with a goal. And one of the things, you know, it's uh, one of the things that crossovers very well between my job, uh, my day job and, and my teaching job here, my coaching job, is the fact there's a lot of parallels. We're talking about leaders. And one of the greatest things that most goalies don't know is that they're going to become leaders. When they choose a position to become a goalie, they chose a, they chose a position of becoming a leader in, in, down the road. And so what we want to always establish is, what's your goal? And we're not saying, hey, of course, the way with the White Dolphin is, I want to win a championship. Okay, great. Do you want to win a championship? Do you want to win a division? What is it that you want to do? Okay, there, we know the overriding goal. And that's great. That's the long-term goal. But in order to approach and way to reach those goals, that long-term goal, you have to have a series of short-term goals to accomplish first. And it could be a matter of, you know, maybe I'm not a, a strong goaltender. Hey, if I can make five saves today, oh, that's an accomplishment. If you can make 10 saves, that's an accomplishment. What I tell the kids, and one of the things I always come back when I talk to them in my camp, I talk to clinics, and I talk to one-on-ones, is that if you can do something better today that you didn't do yesterday, you've succeeded. You've made a huge accomplishment. You've accomplished a goal. And it feels good when you can accomplish a goal. So you want to make a goal that's attainable. So once we determine what their goals are, then we start building a plan. Where do we need to go and how are we going to get there? You know, and that's going to be come down to, in order to get to this point, let's say our, our goal is to, hey, do better on our off-stick side saves. Okay, so we got to make sure we build up. Now, how do we get to that point? Let's take a look. I do always spend my first time to talk about goals, how we're going to get there, to develop the plan. And then we get down to, we start talking about routines. And then after we get through the routine side of things, we want to get down to where are we now? Where, where do I have to start? Do I have to start from the ground up? Or do we have some basis here that we can work with, make a, a couple small tweaks, and continue to press forward to get to the goal that we want to accomplish? So that's the one that's that's usually what happens in our very first lesson, um, whether it be a clinic, whether it be a, a camp, whether it be a one on one or a small group. That's what we're trying to find out is where we need to go and where we need to go from there. Once we have that plan, then it makes my job a little bit easier because every kid, one of the things I talk about in my camp day one and even at clinics, I, I'll pick out five, six, maybe seven students stand up and I say, look at each other. Are you guys exactly the same person? And not one person will say. Yeah, we're exactly the same person because you're not. Everyone is different. Everyone is unique. Everyone's going to play a little bit different. I mean, everyone's going to look a little bit different when they make stops. So, so once they understand that, we're going to say, hey, not everyone's going to make a textbook save. Whatever feels comfortable, whatever feels right, whatever gets you to point, you know, from point A to point B to get to our goals faster. Yeah, I, I love that emphasis on goal setting. That is, uh, you know, I've got like a little online camp that I do. It's just, you know, it's 80 videos, like replicating, you know, a live camp for those that don't have access. And video number one is goal setting. Like it's that, yeah. and it's that important because uh, sooner or later, like the position of goalie, it's going to get hard, you know, <laughs> it, you know <laughs> right? It, you know, you're going to take a couple lumps off the thighs and you're going to have a bad day. Your team's going to yell at you. What, what have you? There's a slew of problems. But Absolutely. got to have that goal 
in mind, in sight, right? Or else yep, absolutely. you're not going to last. So I, I, I love the, the emphasis on, on goal setting. Yeah, because I mean, there's no point in having, having a lesson or, or coming for lessons if you don't have a goal in mind. You know, that's mm-hmm. the whole point. Instead of just, if your parents are the ones throwing you out there saying, you're going to go see this goalie coach because he's really good and you're going to get better just by doing the well. If the kid doesn't want to be there, you know, uh, you know we, need, we need to determine what it is that he wants first, you know, or she wants first, and then we'll go from there. So that's the yeah. biggest thing. Making sure the kid wants to be there. And if the kid wants to be there, then we start breaking down our goals. Yeah. What, what, do you think, what do you think are the qualities that you have that make you a great teacher of lacrosse goalies? Well, like I said before, I, you know, before years that I graduated college, <clears throat> I was a teacher for seven of those years. Um, I went back to get my master's. I was a phys ed teacher. I was in and out of school as, sub, as a substitute teacher. But w- one of the greatest things was I was a substitute teacher. And the re- reason why I bring that up is because one of the things we've learned as a phys ed teacher, or even as a substitute teacher, is you have to learn to monitor and adjust as you go. And that is one of my greatest values and one of my greatest characteristics is that I constantly am looking at students left and right and saying, no, the kid I'm going to see in, at 3.30 versus the kid I see at 4.30 are two different elements. I'm going to look at them com- completely different because that person's completely different than the person at 4.30. And so I have to, I have to adjust based on those, those abilities. So my biggest quality is, is just doing that. And then once I figure out the type of personality, some kids are super gung-ho, get, let's get after it. I want to get that. Okay, I got this. I got this. Let's move on. And some kids are a little bit slower learners. So we have to break things down at a, at a different rate. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go slow. I'm willing to go fast. In the end, my goal is to make sure that they're comfortable with what they're doing and that they're knowledgeable and, and they can retain the information. Because as a teacher, as we, know, all, as we all know, going through school, if you can't can't retain the information how are you going to do on the test you know and so when when test comes when the test comes so we need to be able to make sure that the information is ingrained in their head because we're goalies we're not supposed to think it's all about reaction you know so yeah. um so that's the one and that's the one thing and again you're gonna hear this a lot because i think i've heard just about everyone in your podcast someone has brought up chris buck's book when he talks about um you know the repetitions goalie repetitions Practice makes permanent. Practice does not make perfect. So the more repetitions you get, the more permanent it becomes, and it starts to stick with the kid. Some days I've worked with kids, say, using bounce shots or quickness drills. I'll spend an hour on just that. I mean, kids will be so bored after about 30, 45 minutes. But I'll tell you what, the next day we come back or the next lesson we come back, I can throw 10 shots their way in that specific area. Let's say bounce shots, they'll nail every single one of them. So it's based on how they want to learn. I mean, we're, if, once I see that there's retention, if I see that they're doing well, I'm going to stick with it because we know that if you only throw, oh, okay, great, after 20 shots, you're looking really good. How do we know that that sticks with them? Because if I don't see them for another week or two weeks or three weeks down the road um, or next month, how do I know that, that information is stuck? So goalie rep, um, that's where all that retention comes. And so I will go until they can retain the information. And then once they show me that they've been able to retain, I move on. But uh, the key is making sure that they're comfortable with what they're knowing and that, they're, that they get it. They say, yeah, now this makes sense. I get it. A few more times, a few more shots. I got this. Perfect. Now we move on. And that's, that's pretty much where I go from there. And then I just kind of monitor and adjust as I go. Cool. Um, let's 
cut the video if we can, just because it, it broke up for one second there. Sure. Click, click on like stop, stop video, uh, like down at the bottom there. I'll edit this part out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm trying to find it here. I don't see it. Oh. I see recording at the top. Um, let's see. Do you see like at the very, at the bottom, there's like a, there you go. We're good. Cool. So yeah, back to that, back to that point of teaching. I, I like that monitor and adjust and, and really, you know, what you're trying to do is ingrain these concepts into, into these kids because, you know, it's so easy to develop bad habits and, and, um, you know, I, I do like that. I do like that concept. Who, um, who are some of your uh, lacrosse goalie idols, Brad? So some of my idols that I've had growing up, uh, I got to be honest with you, uh, I've, had a, I've had a few because going back and I posted this on social media when it came down to <clears throat> who are some guys you should have, and I said there are some great ones. Matt Palin was a great one. Sal Acasio was another one. Um, Charlie Toomey was another one. Some of these guys I got a chance to meet at goalie camp growing up um, <clears throat> just because of the way they learned, the way they attacked the game, the way they're aggressive um, and their approaches. And everyone was just a little bit different. Um, you know, Matt Palin was, was the crazy quick goalie who was moving fast, 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 you know, get the ball, get it upfield as much as possible. Sal Acasio was kind of like a, like my set where it's a little bit bigger, but uh, you know, quicker hands could, can beat out a quick step. Uh, you have Charlie Toomey who's just very athletic in and around the crease. Um, those guys were pretty much some of my idols. Uh, and then I had once in particular that I used to see a, once I, once I met him and uh, he's now known around the, around the country. Um, and that's definitely uh, <clears throat> um, Sean Quirk. Sean Quirk who runs peak performance now and was, uh, was one guy that I idolized when I was at camp. And uh, he just the way he played and again, the way he approached the game, he never forced anything when I got to learn from him from camp. And at the time he was only a student at, at, uh, at Springfield, but uh, he, he taught me some valuable lessons when it came down to, Hey, you know, go with what's, go with what's comfortable, keep going at it. And the more reps you can get, the better. And those are things that always just kind of stuck. And he says, if it doesn't work, try again, try something different, try until you get it right to where um, it feels right for you. And I said, well, that's definitely the way to go. So um, that's something that's always stuck with me. And he was one that I always kind of followed. Uh, but of course, some of, there was some of the greats out there as well. Like I said, with Charlie Toomey and Sal and, and Matty Pound. So those are some of my idols growing up for sure. Great. Yeah. It's so important to find goalies that, that match your style, you know, and, and, and kind of replicate what they do. Um, for me, it's always, it was, it was the shorter, quicker goalies. Uh, cause I, cause that was kind of my, you know, my style that, that I watched, but you know, I'd recommend to any goalie out there, you know, find someone that you like that kind of, you know, meshes with your style and replicate what they do. Cause they've gotten there for a reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, I guess with all the experience you have now and kind of teaching all these kids and that have come through your camp, what, what a goalie advice would you give your, your high school self? <laughs> uh, giving feedback to myself back uh, if I was back then. That's right. The young Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I tell this, I tell this on a daily basis to all my students. I go, if I knew what I know now back then, I might actually have been in all America. I might actually have been in all state or, you know, and who knows where I could have gotten there because, because back then we only had 
two goalie instructional camps across the country. And that was Bill Pilot and that was Peak Performance. And that was my time. That was during the, the, during the 90s. And that was what was only available at the time. And so, um, and maybe there was a pop-up goalie camp or clinic from somebody you probably never even heard of before. And so it's like, all right, so what would I give? It basically everything that I regurgitate to my kids, to my students now is the same advice that I would be, I would be love to having when I was back then. And that's just keep going, try something new, try something different because I had a bunch of textbook coaches who, again, at that time just knew based off of what they had played with, you know, from goalies that they played with. They didn't, it was all textbook this or textbook that, or I need you to step at the ball and step at the shooter. And I'm like, Whoa, that's completely different. But then again, as we know, the game has completely changed since the nineties, even from the eighties to now. And, you know, you have some of these older coaches who are learning to adjust and be like, wait, the speed of this game is getting way faster than what it was back in the day. And the, the equipment, the technology, um, you know, you don't have that time to, you know, take hard 45 degree angle steps, right. You know, you know, crisscross and you got to get as much time as possible. So what I'm, what I basically would tell myself is, Hey, you're not the fastest kid in the world. You're not the quickest kid in the world, but if you can read a shooter, you can read a shot, uh, you know, find the shortcuts. You know, find the shortcuts. If you if this gets you there faster, do it that way. So if you need to take a, a little bit uh, more of a flatter line, take a flatter line. If you need to step back a little bit to see the to give yourself more time to react, step back. Because I never had that growing up. All they had was the typical, hey, here's the arc you're going to play. Make some marks on the grass, and they'll probably disappear at some point. But <laughs> but good luck trying to find your arc. And uh, it's yeah, there's a whole bunch of things now. I didn't even know about looking at certain points of references. So all the stuff that we regurgitate now that we learned over time is all stuff that I wish I would have had when I was back in high school. Um, probably make me a lot better goalie, but uh, at that time, but uh, I'm happy with where I'm at right at where I am now, and I, I love still learning the game. Uh, I'm learning from guys who are way older than me, guys who are younger than me. I, I get a kick out of learning from the guys younger than me, much as yourself, because um, it's always cool to find new new twists on old drills. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's so many. Um... There's so much content available these days. I wish I had that back when I was a youngster, you know, like just scrolling through my Instagram feed, you see so many cool and interesting drills. Uh, I think you posted one the other day that had like a little paddle tennis racket along with a uh, boxing, boxing glove. glove. Yeah, that, yep. that was really cool to, to <laughs> emphasize, you know, punching that bottom hand while, yep. you know, keeping, keeping the uh, goalie face kind of open as possible and controlling where that rebound goes. I mean, just all that stuff is like, that just wasn't available back, back when we were youngsters and, and uh, you know, with the original cascade helmets and the, and the throat protectors that look like a flip-flop. You know what I mean? You're talking cascade helmets. I had a Baccarat helmet. We're talking way back. We're talking those box helmets. You know, with the okay, all right. <laughs> what kind of throat protector? Still, still like the, the flip-flop style throat protector. I, I did. I had a flip-flop sport helmet type uh, flapper. I'm just like, yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah i you know i first i had a baccarat helmet for like a week and then and then i got upgraded so i know what it's like to have the little strings on the back pulled by your by your teammates <laughs> yeah that's great um so what uh what sort of common errors do you see youngsters making as they come through the six by six goalie academy things that like oh you know he's showing this uh, this problem, things that you see over and over again that you're correcting? There's quite a few. Uh, I'll touch on a couple. 
the biggest one, uh, I wouldn't say they're pet peeves of mine, but I'm always curious to know how they learned it. That's, that's really what it's okay. It's, you know, one of the things in my day job is quality assurance. And one of the things we deal with is, um, you know, if there's a, an issue that arises and we have to issue what's called a corrective action. And what that is, is what, what's the issue? What's the problem? How are you going to fix it now? And how are you going to prevent it for the future? Uh, it's not so much what had happened in the past. It's what's happening now. How can we correct it? And how can we prevent it from happening? And that's how I attack all the issues I see when I see kids that come to me. Uh, one of the big ones to start with is the arc. I see a lot of kids starting on a 90 degree right on the pipe. So if you know where I'm going with this, you know, it's not, they're not starting on a 45 degree angle. They always start their arc like facing the sideline on the pipe. And it just drives me bonkers uh, because I, I always put them in a situation where, look, if you were to extend your arms out, you know, to either side, you know, 180 degrees is how your head can turn. 180 degrees does not turn 360. And if your arm is showing to the back, to, to behind the neck, well, there's a whole bunch of non-threats back there. So why are we paying attention to people who are non-threats when there's guys completely in a, in a threatening position in front of the cage on the backside? So I always try and get those kids to understand 45 degree angle from the pipe when you're on the pipe to give you at least some more vision of the field. The more vision you can see, the better you're going to be able to approach, you know, the next, the feed or the next shot where it's coming. Always prepare for the, for the next passes is how I have to try and get through the kids when we're talking the arc because the last thing you want to do is have to completely turn, you know, 180 degrees and have to try and make a stop when you're in no position to make that stop. And the next thing you know, it's a goal. You're reaching in the back of the goal for, for the ball. Sure. So, so dealing with the arc was one of them. The other one that's also kind of a pet peeve of mine, um, but it's another issue and not so much is, is the hands back. And that's always been a, tr a struggle. I think with a lot of goalie coaches is trying to get through it because kids just think they have to hit their hands really fast. Well, we also want their hands away from their body. And when I can try to demonstrate the fact that if your hands are too far back, what the issues will have bigger issues. There will be you know, more of an impact of, of, a of a negative side of things where you get caught up in the net. The ball might, might, you might stop the ball, but your stick's caught up and you give up a rebound and might as well just go ahead and, you know, and have them score the goal. Um, so there's a lot of things that go wrong with, with the hands getting too far back and, and getting behind themselves. So um, I really want to make sure they're trying to focus on – that's why I came up with the boxing glove drill is if I can get the idea driven in their head with, hey, what do you do with a boxing glove? You punch out. So if they can get the concept of punching out every single time a shot comes, um, whether it be on their stick side or off stick side, then, then therefore they have their hands out. And I also just recently started to, it was a something, it was a technique that I had learned from uh, Brian Doherty a long time ago. And it was always the, the, the bottom hand punch out, no matter what, whether it be stick side, off stick high, stick side high, off stick high, no matter what, always punch the bottom hand out. And as long as your hands are out in front, punch the bottom hand out because what's going to eventually happen to the top of the stick, it's going to come back a little bit. So when the shot comes, you punch out, the ball hits a stick, it comes back. And what you're doing is you're creating less rebounds and you're actually holding on to the ball a lot longer. Of course, I always stress the fact that our job, our number one job as goaltenders is stop the ball. If we can make a save, it's called bonus money. If you get the save, bonus. Everyone gets happy. But stopping the ball is number one. If we can stop it, we're in good shape. Saving the ball, if you want to help them saving the ball, punch the bottom hand out a little bit more, and you're going to find that ball sitting in your pocket a lot, a lot better. So, um, so that's one of my biggest, biggest techniques to help with those, those hands, as well as, of course, as you know, the biggest problem, biggest pet peeve that I think most coaches will have is rebounds. So tennis balls, tennis balls, tennis balls. So the more work I can do with tennis balls, the better.
Um, and, then, and, then the, and then the last thing that I have to correct every now and then to go along with that whole concept is, uh, is pockets. Got to have a right pocket. You got to have a pocket. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I, love, I love working goalie camps and clinics and seeing these kids with, like, uh, you know, tennis rackets. I'm like, who gave you this? Please tell me it was a club stick and not your own personal stick. And they're like, yeah, this is given to me by the club. So I understand that concept. You know, not everyone can have a stick, and so they use the club sticks. And, but yet the club coaches should, have, should know better. Like, if everybody else is having a pocket, why can't you give him a goalie stick with a pocket in it? You know, so, I mean – Makes sense, but uh, not all of them do. So they just throw them a stick and hope they can figure it out. So, so once we get a pocket in, then everything else comes to, comes together. Awesome, I love it. Those those are great items. And and you know, in this uh, podcast format, some of the stuff's a little hard to visualize. So I just want to speak through it. So in terms of the arc, talking about standing at, at like when you're against the pipe you're talking about the bad habit as being essentially you're, you're facing the sideline, like standing at a 90. Exactly. Yep. 90. Facing the sideline, standing straight up and down. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I also, and when yep. you should really kind of be at a 45 sort of facing up field a little bit, still taking up the same amount of surface area. Yep. Uh, but, but as you said, ready to move to those other spots on the arc in case the ball gets, you know, swung around. Um, so yeah, I love that. And then hands, hands away from the body. Uh, I also love and I also teach. I, I, um, I like to shoot on kids with have them use like a long pole. Um, you know, you, yep. take, you take shots with, the, with an attack stick sometimes and that kind of helps with that hand-eye coordination. But when you use a long pole, you really have to emphasize, you know, especially on off stick, you really have mm -hmm. to emphasize getting your hands away from the body because um, otherwise that pole is going to get caught in the net. Yeah, absolutely. Get a six-foot pole, defense pole, patch it to the goalie head and have them try and make a save, and they'll, they'll figure it out real fast. Yeah. yeah, great. And then, yeah, of course, tennis balls. Tennis balls are, are good for a lot of reasons because, uh, you know, one, they don't sting <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like lacrosse balls. And so you can still get a good session, keep a good session going and keep the kid's spirits up, uh, you know, if he gets hit in the thigh and then two, you know, they also require softer hands to not give up a rebound. Um, you know, the heaviness of a lacrosse ball kind of, if you have a decent pocket, you know, it'll stay in that pocket, but, but, uh, tennis balls tend to tend to bounce out. So you really have to emphasize having those soft hands, which is an important concept for not giving up rebounds in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. When you're working with tennis balls, I mean, it's not just tennis balls. I mean, I love my, my favorite movie to this day. I wish kids would be able to see it and they could see it, but Dodgeball. Love the movie Dodgeball. If you can save a wrench, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> Classic, if can, yeah. If you can save a tennis ball, you can save a lacrosse ball. Because for what you got to do to put into a tennis ball, when you, when you face that lacrosse ball, it's even easier. And now I'm even starting to incorporate multitude of balls. I got racket balls, ping pong balls, um, golf balls, um, of course, at certain levels, I'm not cranking them or anything like that, but basically same concept, smaller the ball, different variety, even using foam balls at time. Um, I picked up balls from, uh, from dollar trees, you know, different, of course they have cool characters on them, but whatnot. The key is I'm looking for different weights, different sizes, different, you know, and, and different weights, because if the kid can save all those, then when a lacrosse ball comes their way, it becomes easy. Um, yeah. The idea is to make goalie easy. We have a lot of complications in our life as it is. Why make goaltending any more complicated than it already is? So soften things up, throw different balls their way, give them a chance to kind of see different things. 
and uh, and a drill I saw just recently, which I'm willing to try, but of course I never have the privilege of having a lot of kids around me. So one of the thing is throwing a bunch of different balls, and then the coach throws a lacrosse ball towards the goalie. The goalie has to save only the lacrosse ball and not any other balls. So I figure or a tennis ball. So I figure that's another cool one to try. But you got to get like multiple balls and multiple people working. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, you know, high yeah. complexity, high reward. We'll we'll see. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Try something new. That's great. Um, the other concept that was pretty important that you touched on, uh, you know, when you were talking about the pet peeves is that, you know, punching of the bottom hand. And I actually, you know, when I was playing in college, we didn't have a didn't have a goalie coach, but we had a head coach who knew a thing or two about goalie. And he was very religious about the fact that if you were going to rotate the stick for a, for a low save, it yep. had to, it had to end vertically. Yeah. So, you know, like off stick, low off stick, uh, or sorry, stick side low, you know, you couldn't kind of keep the stick out of 45 to get down there. You had to punch that bottom mm-hmm. hand to, to end with a vertical vertical stick and that yep. really helped with, you know, all those things we talked about, rebound control, faster stick rotation, all, all the benefits. Right, exactly. Cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about the mental game because, oh. you know, <laughs> obviously that's a huge aspect of being a goalie is, is being mentally tough. What are some things that you do to teach those youngsters uh, mental toughness? So I was listening to some of your podcasts this past week, just to kind of bring me up to speed with what I might want to be prepared for. And the thing is, is when, when you're talking mindset, and, and I, I love it when people talk about mental toughness. And what I always say to kids is like, you know, mental toughness means you're, you're apparently mentally weak somewhere, you know, kind of jokingly, you know, where, where are you weak? And so instead of having that negative connotation of being mentally weak, or you have to get mentally tough, and some kids don't know what mentally tough is, I kind of twist it and turn, turn it into a positive. And it's something that uh, I've, I've spoken to with, uh, with Lindsay Munoz before. And, uh, and she, she and I both agree on this. And the idea that I, I, I bring to kids' minds is, let's create a positive goalie mindset from the very beginning so that they have the understanding that, look, you know, you're going to be faced with a lot of frustrations. We know that. And growing up, you, know, you just kind of have to break it down. Youth, you're going to be more frustrated than you will be anything else. Um, and it'll get less and less frustrating as time goes on. But the concept with, with, with creating the positive mindset is making sure the kids understand that the biggest thing is look. You know, I talk to coaches. I talk to parents. When a goal goes in, you, can't, you have literally 10 seconds to figure out why a goal went in. If you can't pick it off in 10 seconds as to what happened, forget about it because another opportunity is coming your way. And you have that opportunity, just like in golf, you have a bad hole. You got a, a double bogey on a, on, a, on a par four or whatever. Okay. The next hole, it's a brand new hole. You don't know what to expect. You don't know what you're going to do. You're going to be better on the next hole. Don't worry about the one goal. This is lacrosse. You have multiple opportunities to get that one goal back. And if a goal goes in, this is the hard part, is knowing, look, it's not all you. If I was to say, hey, coach, watch the video. And I bet you anything, a coach could find five different things that went wrong as to why that goal went in. And that could be a missed slide. Somebody didn't get back in the hole to help out. The middies are already downfield because they think that the goalie has it completely locked up. Somebody missed the call. Somebody's running off the field. You know, I could also say, hey, on the attack side, I think if the attack wants to get, you know, like, why can't you make a save, boy? Well, why didn't you keep the ball on your end? Why did you throw the ball away? Why didn't you get that one ground ball that was really important? 
So there's a lot of different factors that go into a single goal, whether it be for or against your team. So when I talk to kids, like, look, hey, if you can't figure it out in 10 seconds, now in other words, hey, how'd that ball go in? I can't figure it out. Okay, move on. And the best thing to do is in, in, in order to not worry about thinking, because you're allowed 10 seconds, you're going to get frustrated after every goal goes in. It, it's, it's, it's the part of nature. It's our, the way our bodies react. It's, the, it's that fight or flight mentality that we have. So what we need to do is overcome that. Find all your time. Okay, you know what? I can't figure out what, what happened there. Okay, hey, defense, pull the defense in. Use your support group. You know, that I, I talked about it at camp. I'm like, look, you know, sure, you can have a goalie squad or you can have a goalie crew or goalie core or whatever, you and your partner. But think about this. You are one team. And something that we live by in the military. We are, we're one team. We have one mission. You're a goalie, you are part of a team. You have one mission, to stop the other team from scoring the goal. So if you give up a goal, it's part of, part of the reason because the rest of your team lets you down too. So the team win and lose as a team. So if the defense is clicking in all cylinders, you're going to have the opportunity to make the stop. Next thing you know, you're in a positive. Your mindset is now thinking, I got this. You know? And if you're, if you're having a bad day, your, your defense is going to build you up. If the defense is having a bad day, you have the opportunity to go out there, build up your defense and say, look, hey, it's okay. Talk about it. What happened? If you can't figure out what happened, let's come back down. Let's stop them. We have another opportunity. It's not going to happen again. You know, and if, if it happens twice, then, you may, then during a timeout or during the end of the quarter or at the halftime, you discuss things. Maybe they're doing something that you don't see, that the coaches might see from the sidelines, or something else is going on, or maybe we're not paying attention to the, wrong, to the right numbers. Um, so those opportunities, as we all know, Failure is part of being successful. So in order to succeed, you got to fail. Um, so you give up a goal. Okay, failure. What do we learn from that? Move on from that. So getting the kids to understand that it's not always their fault. And if, if other kids are going to bully them, which we hope that nobody does, um, or says, hey, why didn't you get that? Especially in close games, tie games. You know, it was one goal game. Can you believe it? Well, in one goal games, it was either a really good game or – it was the other way around. Your team wasn't the best that day. No one was playing that great that day. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons. So if you give up the game-winning goal or whatever, it's not that big of a deal. There was a lot of other opportunities where you guys could have scored. Maybe your team was hitting pipes all day long. Well, it's not. So if it's a tie game, if those if those goals were if those shots were not hitting the pipe, they're going in. Those are all goals. Now your team is winning. So can't look at the you know. A goal is a goal. It is what it is. And if it's a close game, it's a close game. No big deal. Brush it off. There's going to be more games. There's going to be more shots. There's going to be more opportunities. Sure, it might hurt if it's a championship game and you, it, was the, it was the overtime goal. But, you know, it's, that just means it was a good game. And uh, we're all going to have faults down the road. But uh, at the same time, it gives us an opportunity to build ourselves up. You know, so you win a championship or you don't win a championship. It's not a big deal. What's the life lesson that you're getting out of it? And that's the biggest thing because – Lacrosse is not all about championships, winning, losing. It's all about life lessons. We're trying to build for the future, you know, and what you learn on a team is going to help you for the future. And like I said to my goal, my campers just, uh, a couple weeks ago, signing up to be part of our goalie camp you're, means that you're taking goalie seriously. And the reason why you're, you're serious about it is because at some point you want to become a leader. Playing here it means you, are being, you're, you want to become a leader at some point down the road. And because goalies are naturally born leaders, that's just the way they are. And because they have the ability to take on tough tasks, they also have the ability to, um, you know, celebrate in, in, uh, in arms of victory. 
So, uh, <clears throat> so getting that kid, getting the kids to understand that uh, it's not all about the wins and losses or one particular goal over another. The key is, is how you bounce back. And I tell that, especially to the high schoolers, I go, look, when you're in a game and you're in a recruiting showcase or you're at a team camp, it's all about your reaction. Do you blow up? Do you break a stick? Do you flip out? Do you go after your defense? Or do you say, hey, you know what? It's okay, guys. Calm down. Let's get it together. We have another chance right now. We're all here for one, for one, one team, for one mission. We're here to have a successful tournament. We're here to do well. We're here to perform. We're here to showcase ourselves. You know, but here we're going to come together as a team. And we're going to just we're going to work ourselves together. Um, we're here to accomplish a goal. So awesome. Um, yeah, I I love that mentally tough question. I've I think I've asked just about everyone who's been on the show, including including Coach Munoz, episode four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. I, I think I've asked everyone that question and everyone's answer has been different. Uh, and while of course there are certain themes that, uh, that come out of it, you know, uh, you know, there's so many unique responses and there's a couple things I wanted to unpack out of your answer. And one was, um, you know, using that support group. I think that a lot of goalies, at least what I find, you know, try to go at it alone and don't, and don't realize that, you know, they have a support group. And that might be different for each goalie. It might be your parents. It might be your teammates. It might be a mentor. Uh, but understanding that that support group is there and they're available to help you, you know, when you're having a bad day is really important, right? I mean, there's nothing that says you can't pull a teammate aside and say, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. Give, give me a little pep talk, you know? So I think identifying that support group, as you said, and uh, using it, to improve your game is really important. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing that kids need to understand is, like you said, there's multiple people that can be part of your support group. And in today's day with social media and everything that's out there, there's a whole community. Like, look at, look at us, Damon. Totally. I mean, we're, totally. Two, we're two goalie coaches right here. Kids can reach out to any goalie coach that's out there on social media that's doing stuff like what we're doing and say, hey, you know, coach, I'm struggling. Why can't, you know – what can you, what can I do to get over this hump or what, what is it that we can do? And, and to provide those resources, you know, say, Hey, look, here's my email. Here's my cell phone number here. You can text me anytime. I'll answer any of your questions, you know, because we won't, because this is something that we didn't have back in my day or your day is that we didn't have that resource pipeline to say, Hey, who can I turn to when I'm struggling? Because my coaches aren't going to help. And they say, Hey, just get back in there and do, and do better or something, or we'll try somebody else to see if they can do any better. And the key is, is there's nobody there to pick them up. And so they need to reach out. And then we want to, it's kind of like a, like a support group in general. Like we're, 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 we're a small group, we're a small network community among the goalie coaches. And we want to try and help as many goalies as possible that are out there because there's not many of us out there. And we want to make sure that there are no goalies left behind. That's always been kind of my, like my little motto and my comb, my little adage. I like it. I like yeah. it. And that's, yeah. So, so between that and, and my new, my, my, my latest model that I developed while since working for the military is goalie strong. You know, that's all those things put together is, is making you goalie strong. You know, you're, you're becoming mentally tough. You're got the right mindset. You have the ability to, to lead. You have the performance. You're there to, to, to outperform everybody else. And you're there to build your team up when your team is down uh, because you have one year, because it's just one team, one mission. That's what you're there for. Yeah. One team, one mission. That is great. What, uh, I don't feel like I've got a good 
answer to this one myself, but a couple, what, what do you suggest to kids who say, you know, I'm in this situation where I'm giving up goals and my teammates are really yelling at me, like they're really getting on me. What, what do you recommend to goalies in that situation? Uh, well, there's the off the record answer I give them. And then there's the correct answer. <laughs> the off the record one is kind of funny. It's kind of like, okay, you want to go play goal? You can do better. Here's the thing. Go ahead have at it, man. If you want to, if you, if you think you can do better, you jump in there and like, I probably could. And then you get in and you, they probably get scored on. Um, but nine times out of time, they're not going to grab the stick and go in there and try and get. So that's my off the record answer to them. But really what I tell them is like, <clears throat> like everything else, you know why they're coming at you? Because they're frustrated too. They're not getting ground balls or they're getting yelled at by the coach. So they, they want to take it out on somebody. Uh, unfortunately, you're kind of like a dad or a, or a mom or a, or a, or a support, supporter out there. Look, let them vent to you. That's fine. They're just venting. Let them get as mad, as you, mad at you as, as they want. But in, that, in essence, it's not helping the cause. Um, if it becomes a very consistent pattern, then you've got to, you know, as we all call, I mean, the, the whole long thing of being a voice, talk to the coach and say, look, I think, you know, little Jimmy's got a problem over here. He's, he's kind of negative today and he's maybe not in the right mindset. And what I try to tell kids is, look, from a standpoint, take, I know it's all very easy. Like, oh, I can't believe he's coming down on me. Take a second. You know, this is something I learned as a teacher. Take a second and think for a second. Maybe there's something personally that's bothering him off the field. Maybe he has a bad relationship issue. Maybe there's something going on at home that you don't know about. You know, maybe he's just struggling with other things that off, off the field. Or maybe there's people on the team that are saying mean things to him. So as soon as the goal goes in, he wants to take it out on you. So it's not all about, again, it's not all about you or it's not all about him. You are part of the team. Don't take things personally because this is a team, okay? If they start coming at you in a personal side of things, Use a voice, talk to your coach, and, and say, look, I think there's an, I think little Jimmy's got a problem because he's starting to come at me with some personal verbal abuse, and I don't appreciate that. So now the coach needs to step in, and, I mean, that's kind of a – that's a bully asking that. That's a bully characteristic right there. So get in there, stop it, pull him off to the side, bench him, whatever they got to do. That's the coach's decision at that point. But the thing is, is to try to tell him, look, you need to calm, you need to relax. Maybe you can help them. They say, hey, look, I understand. I get it. You probably have something going on. This is a time for us to come together and support one another. One of the greatest things I tell kids all the time, everyone is different. I get that. But my thing is when I grew up playing, my, uh, my relief, my support was on the lacrosse field. When I had issues off the field, and we all have dark skeletons in our closet, but when it was the lacrosse field that brought the life out of me. It brought me to, you know, you know happiness. I mean, if, it was my happy place. You know, I always loved coming to the field because there were guys that were surrounding me that were in the same position I was. We're all just here to play the cross and have a good time. And when kids can understand that, then forget about the personal life. Some kids didn't want to leave the field because they didn't want to go back to their personal life because they had so much fun on the field. And that's what I try to get through kids is that, look, what happens off the field is going to happen off the field. But if you're in a, if you're in a dark place, use lacrosse. Use the, use the sport that it is and the small community and the network that we have to, to basically as a soundboard. Maybe you can talk to somebody, one of your buddies, and maybe they can talk you through things. But, yeah, if, if somebody's coming after you, you know, try to sympathize a little bit with them. Say, hey, I get it, man. You're having some, some issues today. Don't worry about it. Go, like, oh, you're not stopping. 
I got it. I'll worry about myself. You, mm-hmm. I'm here to make sure that you're okay. If you're not, I mean, we're, we're here for, for the same thing. You know, we're here to accomplish a goal, whatever that may be. Um, so just kind of calm them down. That's, you know, that's the biggest thing is we're all in it together one way or the other. I mean, you win, you win games, you lose, you lose games as a team, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes it tricky for me to address that situation. Cause like you, I had nothing but a great lacrosse experience. Like I never had to deal with that. Like our, <laughs> our, our team was always just, you know, so I guess supportive and respectful of the goalie. And, you know, it's really on the coach to create that type of environment, like you said. Um, and, and you, you need a supportive environment where kids can, you know, have fun and, and, and enjoy the game because it is a great game. And unfortunately, when, you know, kids are getting bullied like that, it takes the, it takes the, the, the fun right out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You lose one, kids. Other, one other thing I wanted to touch on, um, you talked about, we talked about leadership quite a bit. And, um, you know, lacrosse goalie, the position is one of leadership, as you said, like if you were not, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, well, let's put it this way. If you are not a natural born leader, if you start playing lacrosse goalie, you will become one because it's just Absolutely. a natural leadership position. And I think that's important for kids to understand and value because odds are, you know what, you're not going to be a, a professional lacrosse player, but those leadership skills that you learn in the crease uh, mm-hmm. help, you, help you in life. And I'm sure you have, you know, your own experience with that as well. Oh, yeah. You know, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've come across a lot of kids who stepped up to the plate to become become those leaders. You know, I've seen kids who become complete mutes to being, you know, leaders of the team, three-year captains. Um, I had one student who uh, who I started working with here in West Michigan when I moved over here. I worked with him for three years, and the kid was a really smart kid, and he was kind of like the nerdy kind of things. Um, great kid, unbelievable kid, and didn't know where this kid – I mean, he had the natural ability, but I didn't know if he was uh, a leader yet because he was kind of very to himself. Uh, but he had a good communication. He could talk and whatnot. Um, but little did I know that uh, what kind of leadership uh, qualities the kid actually portrayed. And then when he went off to college, he played at – he's still currently there right now. He plays for Division One UMass Lowell. And uh, he, he came in as a freshman as a captain. So because he has that natural ability, they saw that in him, and he became a captain from, from the day one. So uh, they said they had no, they had, there was no, there was no other option, but to make him a captain because he was wow. that good. So, yeah. uh, so I'm impressed. I'm impressed to see kids like that. And there's other kids out there that had that same ability come in as, you know, as, as quiet kids. And they're going to, they're going to just evolve into amazing leaders. I just see that happening. And some kids I see with right now who are seventh and eighth grade. And some of the kids, I mean, at my camp, I had two seventh, eighth graders, one seventh, one and eighth. And I'm like, Oh my God, these kids are amazing. They, they absorb everything that they learn. They step up to the plate. They're asking good questions. Like, am I doing this the right way or should I do more? Like, should I do it this way? And, you know, we try different things. And so they're absolute sponges. And uh, I'm, I'm impressed to see kids like that. And I want to see, I would love to see more kids kind of, you know, you know, um, build off of that, you know, and the more kids are surrounded by that, then uh, they're just going to see like, I can do it too. I can absolutely do it. You know, if he can do it, why can't I? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, Brad, this has been, this has been great. Any, uh, I guess if you had to leave one final piece of advice for a 13 year old goalie out there listening, what would that be? 
stick with it, you know? And like I said in the beginning, we're all unique. We're all different. You're all going to learn a different way. The key is find a, find a style, find a technique that works for you and go with it. And that is going to be, that's going to leave it right there. And uh, because you, know, you stick with it long enough and you use your voice, you're going to become one of those leaders, whether you're a leader now or you plan to become a leader, you have that ability to do so. Uh, you know, as they said at best at the University of Michigan, leaders at best. So that's what we, uh, that's what it was nice to be. It was one of the nice things that I learned at being at the, at the University of Michigan um, is that there's a lot of great quality leaders out there. And if you have the ability to, to lead, you can do it. Anyone can do it. Not that difficult. So you awesome. just got to bear down. Yep. Awesome. Where can, uh, if people want to learn a little bit more about you or the, or the six by six Academy, where, where can they go, Brad? Sure. Absolutely. All my stuff is out there on social media, like everybody else out there. Uh, my website's just as it is www six by six goalie Academy. That's six X six goalie Academy.com. Um, I'm all over social media. You know, just, you can just kind of Google me. I'm out there. Um, I think it's goalie Academy on Twitter without the second a, so it's a C D E M Y. Um, Instagram all out there, Facebook, uh, Google it. You can find it like everybody else. And, uh, again, I'll say one last thing. Hey, we're all out there, but goalies, if you need something, need some support, you know, you can find us anywhere. So look us up. Awesome. And I'll link up to those when this show comes out, Brad, thank you so much for the time today. That was great. Thanks, Damon. I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brad from the six by six goalie Academy just goes to show you don't have to be a dominant MLL or dominant D1 lacrosse goalie to be a great coach and to have a tremendous impact on kids, which is what Brad is doing with his lacrosse goalie training. That's all for this week. Get out there, get some work in, be well. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.